0: Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 70 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, joined as always by James Cratch and Dan Duggan. They cover the Giants for NJ Advanced Media. They were at MetLife Stadium yesterday. We're doing this podcast on a Monday morning for a thrilling victory for the Giants. 27-23 in comeback fashion. The Giants move their record to 500 and I think lift the hopes for what this season can become. Probably one of the most exciting games of the season, uh, maybe one of the most exciting games these guys have, have covered at any point, uh, whether it be college or the NFL or any level. That was that was maybe one of the best games of the season, James. You were there live for it. Uh, that was back and forth. I mean, just from an entertainment perspective, that game was tremendous.
1: It was. It was a really good game. Uh, you know, I know the ratings are down. I don't know if it was the best, you know, most crisply football game we've ever seen or you know the the talent was really at a high level with all the injuries but it was exciting and had some big plays and some big moments and some controversy it kind of had everything you kind of look for in a 1 p.m nfl game when it hits the witching hour so we got that on sunday
0: it did. It hit the witching hour and everything turned there around 3 o'clock to about 4.15. Dan, I mean, the story of the game yesterday, and we'll get into some of those calls and the refs and all the, the, the outside stuff with this game, but the story yesterday coming in, the story during, the story after, Odell Beckham Jr. And uh, to me, it's why the Giants deal with you know him and his personality and some of the other stuff because when he's playing the way he did on Sunday – Uh, There are a few better, uh, forget receivers, just a few better players in the NFL. That was an amazing second-half performance.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the, you know, A number one takeaway. Like you said, this is why you put up with some of the uh, the dramatics. I mean, uh, because, again, the package of of ability this guy has makes all of that seem insignificant. Not many guys can single-handedly take over an NFL game. He's one of those few that can do it, and and yesterday was doing it at the highest level. I mean, uh, you know, it's fourth and one. Uh, season season's really on the brink there if you go down to to two and four it's going to get really ugly and not only does he pick up the first down of course you know he takes it to the house again again just a play few guys can make Uh, he's just such a game changer I mean I think that even when he was struggling this is why for all the criticism he might have got for some of his you know either off field or on the sideline or you know whatever you want to call it actions I was always always careful never to bury the guy too much because he's going to make you look bad because he's just so talented. so uh, the, the struggles early in the season were surprising, disappointing, frustrating, whatever you want to call it, but you just knew this was coming eventually. Um, obviously the Ravens were another team that, you know, was ripe for the picking with some of the injuries they had in the secondary. Uh, but again, it makes you wonder why it took so long, because, you know, the Giants have had some matchups like this earlier in the season and, and weren't able to exploit them. But uh, end of the day, the guy is just uh, a phenomenal talent. And now you have to wonder if this is kind of the, the thing that breaks the dam and now we're going to see kind of the the Odell we're, we're all used to seeing for the rest of the way or, you know, at least the majority of the way because I think the the first five games were, were more of the aberration uh than even yesterday, which obviously was, you know, uh, the best performance of his career. It was unbelievable. And really,
0: James, if someone didn't watch this game or just kind of caught bits and pieces, you know, people might say, oh, Odell broke out. But it wasn't just that. I mean – the Giants are down 10 nothing. Beckham only has 18 yards at the half to finish with 222, and the hip injury on top of it. I mean, this is almost a tale of multiple games
1: in the game with Beckham and the way the Giants finished this out. Not only were they down 10 nothing, they are down 10 nothing basically within the first eight minutes of the game. And Beckham, no one remembers this, but he catches the first pass the Giants threw, and he fumbles it, which was his first lost fumble, I think, since his rookie year. So... It was a big roller coaster for them on Sunday, for him personally and for the team. And they come through it in the end. Obviously, we'll have to monitor how his hip feels uh, this week going forward and going into the Sunday's game against the Rams in London. But they really needed something big to happen on Sunday to get their season back on track, to get him back on track. And he did it and you know, killed two birds and one stone for them at the end.
0: It did, and the Giants pulled this game out. And uh, Let's talk about where the game w- – was there a turning point for you guys where you felt this game changed? Dan, we'll go to you first on this. I mean, 10 nothing there, and the boos are raining down at MetLife, and I-, I felt at that point like this season is teetering on the brink. Like you said it a few minutes ago, you go to 2-4, and four, well, yeah, you're in a lot of trouble here, and they're down 10 nothing at home to a Ravens team – that it was really compromised because of injuries. And that was probably the lowest point I, I could have imagined this season getting early. And then they turned it around.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to go to a turning point, it looked like it might have been kind of the the nail in the coffin when Beckham gets hurt, uh, you know, trying to make the play on that deep ball, came down on his hip, uh, left for a play, came back, it's like OK, he's fine. And then for one play, he's back in the locker room. So then you saying, oh, boy, you know, is he going to be out for the game? How is this offense going to get anything going? And, you know, somehow they managed to, you know, march down the field a little bit without him. And then I guess if we want to talk about the turning point. I'm going to say Roger Lewis, you know, undrafted free agent, you know, plugged in there. Um, I think it might have been the first time he's, you know, played on offense this season. He's been active on special teams a few games. But I think that when Odell went out, that was the first time this kid uh, has been, you know, thrust into the offense and comes up with a huge uh, 24-yard touchdown catch on a third down. So there it's, you know, if you don't get that, you're looking at a field goal. Um, but the touchdown makes it 10-7. to and it kind of erased all the sins of those first, you know, 25 minutes, which were, were so ugly. I mean, the, the Boo Birds were out early and often. They didn't have a first down until, I think, five minutes into the second quarter. I mean, it was painful to watch, but the defense did enough to let him hang around. Lewis comes through with that touchdown, and all of a sudden, hey, it's a three-point deficit, and they're right back in the game.
0: James, did you have a turning point? Did you have a moment where you felt
1: the game shifted, same as Dan, something different? Yeah, for me, I, I thought a turning point, and the Giants actually led it the, at this point, was the goal line stand to start, the, you know, Casillas' tackle, with Hers cleaning up on the first play of the fourth quarter. They're up 17-13 at that point, but, you know, the Ravens were right about to take the lead again. I, I thought that was a major turning point because you kind of, you felt the energy shift in the stadium from the Giants lead the game, but this could go either way to the Giants would have a really strong chance to win this game finally, even though they only had a four-point lead. And even though they didn't score a touchdown after that, Baltimore got the ball back, it just felt like everything kind of shifted to maybe there was more confidence after that play. Oh, I definitely think there was. I mean, you got the feeling then that the Giants really
0: could really win the game. It was a back-and-forth game. That was the first point I said, you know what? They might really pull this one out and maybe change everything here. And I'm glad you brought up the defense, James, because the story is Beckham. The story is the Giants finally got to 27 points, which I know you wrote that Ben McAdoo kind of says that magic number for them. But the defense has been, I don't know, part of me, James, and we'll go to you first on this. I feel like it's almost been unfairly maligned because some of the numbers haven't been what people expect, the pass rush sacks. But I've thought for the most part, the defense has been pretty good this year after being awful last year. And I thought again on Sunday, they made plays. I mean, the pass rush bothered Flacco. They hit him a bunch. Uh, The corners made plays. What, What have you thought about the defense overall?
1: And then Sunday, what did you think about the performance in this victory? I I think the defense has been rather underrated so far this year. I think, look, the the problem this defense has is that they don't get sacks, they have a hard time getting off the field on third down, and they don't force turnovers. And those are kind of the three main things that people look at when they're trying to assess the strength or lack thereof of a defense. So when you struggle in those three areas, people are going to naturally say this defense is not playing well, this defense is not up to par. But they have an incredible ability – to bend but not break. They've held teams to a bunch of field goals when they couldn't get touchdowns. They've had strong second halves. I think this defense has pretty much put the Giants in position to win every game this year. You know, the lone exception being when they just got dominated on the ground by the Redskins late in that game in week three. It, it's been, you know, last year the offense would do enough to win, it and the defense would blow it. This year it's been the defense has done enough to win, and the offense hasn't been able to hold up its end of the bargain. And the offense puts them in bad spots a lot with their turnovers.
0: That's true. Yeah, the defense has been maybe underrated. Dan, what would you say about the defense, both on Sunday and then overall this year? Because they they've gotten a lot of criticism from outside, but I, I don't think they've been bad. Maybe not great, but not bad so far this season.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. I mean, just, I don't know all the, the rankings and the stats, but I think it's a mediocre defense. Mediocre to good. I mean, because again, like James said, they're putting bad spots a lot. So... You know the point totals might not look as great, but I mean they've only given up. You know, 29 points was the season high, so they obviously haven't been you know lit up in any game. Like you said, they've kept them in every game. You know, keeping the scores in the low 20s or, or even lower in some of the earlier games. That's that's pretty good, uh, especially with what you expect this offense to be able to do. That should be enough to win. Uh, obviously, it hasn't been some of these games, and I think you know the offense it, it was much more of the problem in the losses than the defense. Uh, you know, there have been the games though, pretty much in every loss where. Uh, they've had a chance to kind of make a stand and they haven't been able to do it, but at the same time, you can't expect them to come through time after time after time. Uh, you know, I thought yesterday, you know, to keep that game to 10, to nothing was was big in the first half. They made some stops. And then of course, uh, you know, the fourth down stop at the goal line there, uh, the James talk was huge. So yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a great defense, but I don't think it needs to be if the offense can just play the way we all expected it to, the way it showed, you know, flashes, at least in the second half yesterday. If, if it plays like that, this defense is going to be more than good enough to win games. So, uh, yeah, I think it's been overlooked, um, but I definitely think it's uh, it's been pretty solid this season.
0: Let's talk about Eli a little bit here. 400 yards yesterday, obviously a lot of that is, is what Odell Beckham Jr. did in taking those slant passes uh, to the house and, and making big plays with his ability. But Eli... After a couple of bad passes early, some turnovers, I mean, he faced a lot of criticism this past week after the game against the Packers, more than I think he has in a while, maybe a year, maybe a couple of years. I mean, there were a lot of, uh, this is on Eli, uh, conversations around the Giants, Giants fans, and, and people who write and talk about the team. James, thoughts on Eli's performance on Sunday and and some of the plays he made to, to help the Giants get out of
1: the losing streak here? I thought he played well. In hindsight, I think I was maybe a little bit uh, too tough on him in the immediate aftermath of the game because he did throw two interceptions and the the second pick was really kind of a poor throw. I mean, Sterling Shepard was covered downfield. Obviously, Shepard slips and falls, and that's what led to the pick. But it wasn't a great throw. I thought he misfired on a couple in the first half. But at the end of the day, 400 yards passing. It, it was a bounce back performance from Eli. I don't think it was a classic, you know, Eli game for for the time capsule, but it was definitely better than what he has been producing. So I think you have to give him credit for that. But I don't think it was this brilliant performance that some seem to be making it out to be.
0: Yeah, it was. there was a lot of Eli in it. But I, I thought it was almost fitting, uh, Dan, as we look at the game. And they had a graphic on Fox as I was watching it that you know he now has started um, 300 games now, or 200 games in, in yeah. a row, and 100 wins now uh, for him as a starting quarterback. And I thought it was uh, kind of, I don't know, ironic on the same day that Eli – plays another consecutive game that Ben Roethlisberger goes down with an injury, The quarter, one of the quarterbacks he's always compared to because of that draft. I mean, this was kind of Eli, right? He's out there. He plays every snap. There's some good. There's some bad. But most of the time in his career, the Giants, they find a way to win a game. I mean, I, I saw a lot of Eli's career in this game yesterday
2: uh yeah no actually i, I kind of disagree with james i'd probably be in that class that does consider this a you know a really really good performance i think even if you look at the stats i mean through two interceptions one was the last play of the half when he's throwing it up for grabs i mean i don't i mean i guess obviously it counts in the stat book but it wasn't like he made a bad decision or made a bad throw it was just what are you gonna do throw it away in that position it's the last play of the half uh and then the other interception probably wasn't a great decision to try and throw that ball but a you know, shepherd has to be a little stronger there you can't get knocked off your route. i mean you got to have some faith in a guy and, and Eli did. So, I mean, listen, you can't take that one away. That was a pick and, and that's on Eli. But other than that, I mean, I don't know what there is to kind of to critique in this performance, you know, 32 for 46, 403 yards and three touchdowns. Um, you know, again, we talked about the throw he made to Lewis. So it wasn't like it was just all Odell. I thought maybe his best throw of the day was the, the fourth down to conversion to Cruz where he, you know, he drilled a sideline throw there that showed that certainly any age questions were silly because I mean, the velocity is still where it was. I mean, uh, he, he hasn't lost anything off his fastball. you showed on that throw. And even on Odell, I mean, listen, A, I'm not going to penalize the guy for getting the ball to his best player. I mean, that's, that's just being smart. And B, the first touchdown was a perfectly placed pass. I mean, obviously Odell got open, but we've seen plenty of times where, you know, Eli has missed that throw or quarterbacks around the league missed that throw, hit him in stride so he can take it to the house. And then he had another long pass down the left sideline um, that was, you know, dropped perfectly in the bucket. So, listen, Odell was great. But, I mean, he's been great all along, and Eli hasn't gotten the ball this season. So you can't just not give Eli credit when he does the job of getting the ball to your best player. And uh, even the fact that Odell said on both of his touchdowns, Eli changed those plays. So those are the you know, kind of the game in the game that you know, we don't always know about until someone like Odell tells us, I guess. Um, so you can't discount that type of thing. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think it was a phenomenal performance. And, um, you know, I think it answered some of the questions about his age or his decline. When he has time... He's generally gonna be good. I mean, granted, he has some stinkers, and and we've seen a few of those this season, but I think the offensive line did a good job giving him time and, and he made a ton of plays and, and was, you know, probably reason one A and one B was Simon Odell for you know why they won the game.
0: Now, yesterday and we're doing this podcast on a Monday, they were down early, so that changed the play calling a little bit. But Dan was just mentioning how many passes he liked through. You kind of throw that against um, the Giants' running game, which was non-existent really on, on Sunday against the Ravens. James, when you look at this, do you think as this season goes along, uh, the Giants will eventually become a, a team much more geared towards the passing? I, I'm talking about numbers in terms of how many times they run compared to pass because the pass game, when Eli gets going and Beckham has a game like that, it's very effective. The run game isn't very effective. Do you think they'll try to keep striving for balance or is there have to be a point here where they have to say, we gotta. We have to use what we have here, and that is
1: a great passing game, and not a very good running game. It's a tough question. It's a good question. You know, Ben McAdoo has you know said several times that he does want to have balance. He does want to establish the run, but at some point, and I agree with you, Joe, you're getting to a point where they're just not producing with the run game. And what's I think maybe frustrating to them or intriguing about it is that. They've had games this year, moments in games where they have run the ball extremely effectively. They did it against the Cowboys. They did it against the Redskins. They didn't really get anything against the Vikings, but they again, but then again, they ran the ball. I thought relatively well against the Vikings, considering how strong the Vikings' run defense was. Nothing against the Packers, which was to be expected. Nothing yesterday, but I just I think they need the run game. I think you need balance, but the way it's trending. I think it's very possible that they might just treat the short passing game as their run game at some point this year because they just, every week, they try to get that balance and, and they're investing those touches, but they're not getting anything out of them.
0: Yeah, Dan, yesterday, 17 for 38, 17 rushes, uh, 38 yards on the ground. It just feels like when the Giants run, it's a waste of a down. Like you just don't think anything's really going to happen there. I understand the idea of balance and you can't throw the ball 90% of the time, but do you think as this season goes along, they're going to stop running the ball just to run it? Or are you, do you see balance as, as part of what McAdoo's trying to do here?
2: I mean, ideally, that's what he's trying to do. It was kind of funny after the game. He was really searching for positives when he said the run game had a lot of attempts, and that was that was kind of the silver <laughs> lining he took. And, I mean, 17 attempts, you know, that's not a lot, so I don't even know really what he was, what he was saying there. But, anyways, uh, yeah, I agree to an extent that the short passing game can be the running game. Some of these little wide receiver screens that they've started to incorporate the last week or two. Uh, obviously, all these little checkdowns to the tight ends, or, or obviously Bobby Rainey has stepped in and, and proven to be a pretty good safety valve, uh, filling in for Vereen those can do the job to an extent, but eventually you have to run the ball. I mean, that's just how, how this game works. I mean, you can't, you can't just throw four yard passes because as we saw in some of the games where they lost teams start taking those away. And then you really, you're kind of left with nothing. You need to be able to to spread the field a little bit and and running the ball is what's going to open things up. You can't just, you know, go back and throw like you said, 90% of the time, that's obviously not going to work. But no, it's, it's a huge problem in my opinion, because it comes from this thing where you're going to, you know, run the 11 personnel with Eli and the shotgun all day. And listen, I didn't, you know, I wasn't you know, on the beat last year when, when Jennings had some some big games towards the end of the season, but I don't even see how this offense can really generate, uh, you know, a rushing attack. It seems like every every run is pretty much the same play where Eli takes the handoff, it's a little delay, and it's the running back plunging into the middle, and there's just so much traffic there. And Jennings is, is not an elusive guy at all. I mean, I, I was very unimpressed by his performance just that He just kind of plows into the – into the line and goes down uh so yeah i don't know i don't see how they're going to get this thing kick-started but uh something needs to change because you're not going to be able to win too many games with with such an imbalance and again i think if you just keep throwing those short passes thinking that'll be the run game you know eventually teams are gonna take that away you know as we've seen uh some of the earlier games this season
0: yeah, they have. And the Giants right now are clearly a team that passes the ball with, with efficiency when they get going, and the run game never seems to get going here. And uh, as we look ahead, you guys are slated now for a trip to Europe. The Giants are going to London on Sunday against the Rams. Um, they're 3-3 three and three now. How do you assess the team now, James, at this point? 3-3 three three through six weeks. They've had ups. They've had downs. Uh, they go 2-0. and oh, They lose three in a row. They win a game. Is this a team that you still think is a work in progress? Was Sunday a game you feel like? They really found something. What do you think of the Giants right now? And I think a lot of fans probably are wondering this on this Monday morning. Like, what are the three and three Giants?
1: Well, that's a great question. Uh, if you don't want to hear like pessimism, you might want to turn the podcast off right now. Oh, no. I, I just look at this team, and I wrote it this morning at NJ.com. I think they have to go five and one in their next six to be in contention for a division title because you look at what the Cowboys are doing, and granted, the Cowboys could very easily screw it up by going to Romo. And I am at the point now that you can't you you have to stick with Dak at this point. I think going to Romo would be nuts. You look at the the Redskins have won four straight after the Giants had them on the ropes about to deliver a knockout punch. So I look at this Giants team and I, I just I think the schedule's manageable. I think they could go 5-1 and one their next six. I mean, they have to play the Bengals, who are struggling, and they have to play the, the Steelers, who, you know, Ben Roethlisberger is having knee surgery. I mean, it seems like it's going to be a relatively quick fix, but you never know with that. But at the same time, I look at this team. They're negative they're 10 in turnover. They have had one really good offensive game yesterday. They, they have a defense that, as you said, has been very very solid, very strong, but they don't force turnovers they struggle on third down. They they don't have much of a running attack, so I, I look, you know, they have tons of penalties, so I look at this Giants team and I think they have promise, but I don't see them as a I don't look at them and say this is definitely going to be a winning team this year. And I think that they have to become a winning team if there's going to if they're going to be able to reach those goals and and right now I don't think I can say that about them.
0: It's interesting, and Dan, as we look at the schedule, James just brought it up five and one. He thinks in the next six games. I mean, really, they don't have a challenging road game. You know, and then this Sunday they're going to be in London, but they don't have a challenging true road game until Sunday, December fourth, at Pittsburgh, because it's the Rams' games. You know, they'll be in London. Then they're home for the Eagles, home for the Bengals, home for the Bears at the Browns, and that that takes us to December. This is the part of the schedule here. You know, you would think. If they're ever going to get on a streak again and get rolling, this looks like it. I, I, I tend to agree with James. They, I'm not sure what, what they have to do here, but they can't lose, you know, multiple games in this stretch. Otherwise, they'd be in trouble. This is seemingly set up for them to get on a roll.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, the, you know, the schedule kind of dictates a lot of things. And you know, as, as we've been talking about the last few weeks, as much as you know, it's a knee-jerk reaction type of league because there's only one game. You get you know seven days to talk about it, but you looked at the schedule. Those last two games were losses against the Packers and the Vikings when the schedule came out. You knew there was going to be tough games. Uh, they have to come back and beat the Ravens. I mean, it's funny. No one really wanted to call it a must win leading into the game, but then after the game, they all pretty much admitted, yeah, you know, it was a must win. Um, but so, yeah, now they're 3 and 3 uh, with a, you know, like you said, a favorable stretch coming up. Now the question is: Are they good enough to beat these teams? You're supposed to beat. They obviously let one slip away against the Redskins, but then I guess you probably cancel that out because looking at the way the Cowboys are, you know, going down there and winning, you know, that was you got to give them credit for that one. Uh, but no, I I think you know it goes back to what a uh, a former Giants coach uh, famously said. You know, you are what your record says you are, and this is a three and three team because they're a mediocre team. It's funny I, I tweeted that they're mediocre, and some Giants fans got defensive, and and I saw a, a funny reply I got was. Well, no, they have good pieces. They're just not playing well. It's like, well, isn't that a, the, that definition of mediocre? I mean, yeah, yeah if, if they were just bad if they didn't have any talent, they'd be bad. I mean, they they have the potential to be good, and they they don't play, you know, they don't play up to that potential often enough to beat five and one or or even four and two. So, you know, I, I think that certainly there's a great opportunity here. Team needs to prove that you know they can play up to their potential for a long stretch. Uh, but yeah, I, I think if you look at this next stretch, I mean, you know, James laid it out. You know five and one is pretty daunting. Um, but you know I think four and four and two would probably be uh, attainable and at least you're still in the race at that point. but it, you know if they if they stumble in this next five or six games, they're obviously gonna be in big trouble. And again, going back to it, you know, James said, yeah NFC East is a lot better uh, than what people expected. So it's not a year where it doesn't look like nine and seven is gonna get you in by winning the division. That's a great
0: point. I think we could touch on that. I mean, the NFC East, everyone kind of got on it and said, oh, you know, it's bad again, like, and, and nine nine win, maybe eight wins can win the division, all that kind of stuff. I don't think there's a bad team in the division after watching the first six weeks of the season. There might not be, uh, you know, multiple great teams. The Cowboys will see how good they're going to become here and what they'll do with quarterback. But, I mean, right now the Giants are in last place at three and three. I mean, that's, I have to look at the standings. I don't think there's a division like this in the NFL. James, your thoughts on the NFC East right now, along with the Giants. I mean, the Redskins obviously have bounced back. The Eagles have come back down to earth, but they're not bad. And then you have the Cowboys who are just playing maybe like the best team in the NFC at this moment.
1: Yeah. uh, NFC East is the only division in the NFL where all four teams are 500 or better. And it could very easily be a situation where – you that the Giants beat the Rams on Sunday. And who the Eagles have this week, it's escaping my mind, Joe. They're home versus Minnesota. Home versus Minnesota. Okay, well they're probably gonna be three and three, and the Giants could be four and three, so it would be six, one half dozen or the other. But it's a very good division. And I think the Giants that's why I wrote that thing this morning about you know, Monday morning about five and one because Dan's right. 9 and seven's not winning this division and I don't think the Giants can necessarily say, "Oh, well, we'll just go with the wild card" because they've already got 3 losses in the conference, you know, and they've lost to Green Bay and Minnesota. I don't think the Packers are a great team, but I do assume that they will be in the wild card mix as well. Or if they somehow get hot and Minnesota falls back to the Pack, the Vikings will be in the wild card mix. So yeah, I think the NFC, is, it's going to be a challenge for the Giants. You know, The, the one thing they have in their back pocket is that they beat the Cowboys in week one, and the return game is going to be at MetLife Stadium. That's a big boost for them, but as we've been saying since the summer, they have to finish at Philly, at Washington. That's going to be a very tough two games, and I think they need to get themselves their wins now so that they can put them... They can't go into those games saying, we have to win both to make the playoffs. I think they have to be able to manage a one-and-one one in that final two and still have a chance to make the postseason.
0: Yeah, and now you look to the Rams game to start this stretch, and we can talk about this game here, uh, the game Sunday in London. I mean, these games always tend to be weird and, and sloppy and, and kind of wacky games. That The time difference probably plays into it. The travel probably plays into it. But the Rams are a strange team where they've had some good performances. They've had some bad ones. The quarterback you would think is not any good. Before the season started, I thought, Dan, this is a win for the Giants. The Rams, uh, either with a rookie quarterback or whatever they're going to do with Keenum. But as I watch the Rams every week, I mean, and the Giants being inconsistent, I don't think this is simply a gimme. I mean, if the Giants play their best game, they're going to win. But I don't know. This is – it's a weird spot because the Rams have shown some ability to to surprise. I mean, they beat the Seahawks earlier this season. What, what do you think about this game?
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I'll be honest. I haven't really dove into the film yet. You know, my. uh Deep study that I do every week. But uh, the, the only game I really watched was that uh, opener against the 49ers when they lost 28 nothing, And I just wrote them off. And I think we talked even probably that, that next podcast. I said, oh, well, that's a win. And, and even while we're on that topic, I have to apologize for James for burying his Redskins uh, after their woeful performance in week one because uh, they certainly look like they're back. So, anyways, uh, back on this topic. Yeah, like I, I mean, again, these are the games you have to win. I don't know. Yeah, the Rams aren't great. You know, the, there's a reason why both these teams are 3 and 3. Again, going back to that mediocre word. But if you want to make the playoffs, you beat the Rams in London. I mean, it's just, it's that simple. You can't say, oh, well, it's a tough, we have to travel, or or the Rams have a good defensive line, or, you know, whatever. whatever. You're going to run into challenges every week. But this is a a very beatable team. Uh, you know, obviously, Gurley is is a game changer. But, I mean, Case Keenum's the quarterback. I know he's played okay. But, I mean, somehow the Lions found a way to beat this team. Somehow the Bills found a way to beat this team. It's, it's not uh, some juggernaut. I mean, obviously they have, you know, that went over the Seahawks does raise your eyebrows, but Seattle—they went kind of off to a weird start. It seemed like they've kind of righted the ship, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to be easy. I don't think anything the Giants do this season is going to be easy. I'd be surprised if they have a game they win by more than you know ten points because just the way they play, uh, they make enough mistakes to keep teams in games, anyways. But uh, again, I just keep going back to the point that if you want to be a playoff team, you know, these are the games you win. It doesn't matter if you win it, you know, by one point and it's the ugliest game ever. You just have to find a way to win it. James, thoughts
0: on the Rams, a team that you know sometimes they could beat anybody, like the Seahawks, and then sometimes they, they're the Rams playing with Case Keenum at quarterback. It's a weird spot, and obviously the travel uh, will come into it, and, and these games tend to be strange.
1: The one thing that stands out to me about the Rams is that they are kind of a—they're a very aggressive, uh, physical team that, as the Giants learned in 2014, can. Engage in some extracurricular activities if they are so inclined. You know, it's it's a tough game. You got to go to London. Uh, the lamp, the Rams are going to have been there a couple of days earlier, so that may be an advantage for them. I, you know, who knows? Then again, the Rams have basically been away from home for about a week. By the time the Giants get there, it's it's gonna be a tough game. But Dan's right. If the Gi- see, I feel a lot of times, Giants fans, that you know, they talk about making the playoffs in a sense that. Well, if the Giants can go, like, 9-7, and, and and these six things can happen, and they can backdoor their way in. I mean, no. The Giants, if they want to make the playoffs, they're going to have to make the playoffs. They're going to have to actually win something. And Dan is absolutely right. A playoff team beats this Rams team in London. And I think the Giants have to do that to go in the bye week, get some momentum. And if they don't beat the Rams, then I think we're right back where we were heading into Sunday's game against the Ravens.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And they'd be three and four with two weeks to think about it before the Eagles game. So this is – it's a gigantic game. And just to, to wrap with this, I mean, you guys mentioned the NFC East, how difficult it looks like it's going to be. And, and James, you just said the the Giants actually have to win games, not hope every other team loses games. This is an NFC matchup here, right? I mean, this – I don't think – I think this season's coming down to tiebreakers. that That's kind of the way I look at the NFC East right now and the NFC wildcard picture. They just – they can't afford a loss to an NFC team. I mean, they – it's a conference game, and they have to go out there and win it. And, you know, we'll see. We'll see how they play. But we'll, I'll ask you this get the, to wrap the, the episode here. Odell Beckham was the start of the show. We'll end with him as the end of the show because he's been the big story for about a month now with the Giants' season. Was Sunday the start of Beckham having the kind of season I think we kind of all expected him to have and, and being up there with all the leaders around the NFL, maybe the best wide receiver or, or right there with the best ones? Or do you still think the Giants' offense and he – We'll have some more good games, bad games. Or do you think now it's happening? Now Beckham goes on his run. Uh, James, your thoughts on Beckham as we go forward with this?
1: I don't think he'll have 200 yards receiving every week. I do think that he has maybe broke – we can call it a slump. I don't know if it was ever really a slump because he still had good numbers. But I do think that he probably is going to take off a little bit from here. I still think the Giants' offense will have games where they struggle just because – that's who they are. That's their identity. But I do think that we kind of gotten over the Beckham hump and it's going to be relatively smooth sailing from here.
0: Dan Odell Beckham jr. The rest of the season, are we going to see big performances weekly or is we're going to have some ups and downs still?
2: No, I, I pretty much agree with how James, you know, laid that out. I mean, again, I wouldn't expect two twenty two every week, but I, you know, I think maybe the, the 29 yard games are probably out of the system too. I think he's probably gonna, uh, you know, play a little more consistently high level, but Ravens didn't play uh, the cover two that seems to flummox this team every week. So that's uh, kind of a head scratcher for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's going to get his. And I think that, you know, he's, he's handled, you know, he's trying to make a joke, all the kicking net stuff. I think he's just kind of shown that he's trying to rise above you know, hasn't any incidents the last couple of weeks. Um, so, yeah, I think he's in a good place right now. I think the offense is, uh, you know, showed some some glimmers of, of what could be and what everyone expected to, to be this season. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's uh, it's probably the start. Uh, we'll look back on this game as, is, is, you know, the start of, you know, another, you know, Pro Bowl-type season for him. But, I mean, of course, there'll be some struggles because, um, like as James said, that's kind of how this offense operates. It
0: is three and three through six games. You guys are on a trip to London. The Giants... We'll be there with you Sunday against the Rams, and all of us back here will be watching at 9.30 in the morning. Guys, have a safe trip, and we'll catch up uh, sometime next week, either uh, on a Skype call from London or uh, when you guys get back here.
1: You got it, Joe. I, I'm studying the underground map as of now. Got it. Let me tell you something. We think the subway is confusing in New York. The tube is another world.
0: That's what they call it over there, the tube?
2: <laughs> tube.
0: All right. Well, you guys have fun. You guys find your way around in the tube. James, as always, thanks for doing this. And Dan, uh, you as well. Safe flight, guys. Yeah, nice thanks.
2: Job. Nice traveling with James. He's like my personal uh, travel agent, so he takes care of all the, the, the tube and everything else I got to worry about.
0: Look at that. Vision is key. There, there you go. That's exactly right. So the Giants preparing for the Rams. You guys preparing for a trip. And we're getting ready for another game next Sunday. Everyone, thank you for listening to Episode 70 of Talk is Cheap. You could subscribe on iTunes and wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We'll be back next week to talk about the Giants and Rams right here on NJ.com.